Well, everybody, it's the Good Lion Office Christmas Party. If you listen carefully, you can hear people having a festive time in the background. But Brian and I are just so committed to bringing you podcast content that we are going to have a conversation about something we know nothing about, which is the topic of Advent. A topic that for the two of us who grew up in non-denominational churches has eluded us for many years, but now we're going to face it head on, dissect it, dive into it, and find out if it's something that can make our Christmas season a little more Christ-focused. All that and more coming up next on the show. Before we get into that, I want to tell you a little bit more about our new online community. The Good Lion Podcast has started a Discord server. If you don't know what that is, don't worry. We are new to Discord as well. But let me tell you a little bit about it. Basically, what it is, is it is an online community for fans of this show who appreciate this show and who want to interact directly with me and Brian and other people who enjoy the show. We know there's about 300 of you who listen to each episode, and we'd love to get to know you. We'd love to get your feedback on the show, and we'd love for you to help the show get better. On our Discord server, you can discuss episodes, ask questions to me and Brian. And one thing we're really excited about is we've set up an area where you can submit questions for upcoming Q&A episodes. We love answering questions, and now we've set up a direct spot where you can submit those questions. One thing I'm excited about is the opportunity that this will provide for us to expand what we're doing and collaborate more directly with the people who enjoy the content we're making. For instance, the Discord server is pretty small right now. There's just a few guys, but a lot of them who have joined are actually fellow youth workers like me and Brian. And so we've actually started a discussion on there about youth ministry, where guys and girls who are involved with youth ministry can submit questions about it. So then we can take those questions and create some episodes that are specifically about youth ministry and the struggles of youth ministry and us giving the best advice we can to those who serve in youth ministry. So we are very excited about that. If you want to join the Discord server, look no further than the link in the show notes of this podcast episode. All you got to do is just scroll down and click on it and you will be invited to the server where you can join in and participate. So we'd love to see you there. We'd love to get to know you better. Thank you so much for listening. And now here's the episode. Enjoy. Welcome to the Good Lion Podcast. I'm Marin Salvato. And I'm Brian Higgins. And it's December. How are you doing, man? How's the Christmas season going for you? The snow is metaphorically falling. Christmas is upon us. And it mm. is a beautiful thing, in part because it means 2020 is almost over. <laughs> yeah, Brooklyn and I, my, my wife Brooklyn and I were talking about this the other day. And it feels like because so many things have not been resolved yet, COVID, the election, etc. It feels like 2020 is going to just linger on and 2021 is just going to continue to be 2020 is how it feels. Hey, if there's anything that I've learned from Hallmark movies, it's that if you let the spirit of hope wash over you, (laughs) everything gets resolved by the end of the third act. That's what I'm banking on. It's all going to be resolved, buddy. We did it. That's how you live your life, just by the, the, the philosophy of Hallmark movies. My entire life is one big George Bush mission accomplished banner. Just declaring victory way before it happens. Oh my gosh. Today we are talking about something that Brian and I have are really clueless on. This is this is new for us. Most episodes, usually we're coming into this with some knowledge. It's something Knowledge is a strong word. Eh, we're coming in with some thoughts. At okay. Least. There's uh, that. Some thoughts based on things that we may know about theology or whatever. You like how that was the only thing I could think of? <laughs> <laughs> you had a you had single thought there, just one, not yeah. plural thoughts, just singular thought. What I'm trying to say is this is an episode where we are talking about something that we are absolutely clueless on, and that topic is great queue up. Wow, <laughs> that was for you. That was good. That topic is Advent. Advent, yes. So. I grew up non-denominational. I had no idea what Advent was. I always thought of it as just like hipster Christmas, you know? That is exactly how I have thought about it. (laughs) To me, Advent is the thing that... Remember when it was a thing for a while where you would make your Instagram caption one word that was all capitalized, but you'd put a space between each letter? Yes. And then you'd have a description underneath it? 
I feel like I have seen a lot of Instagram <laughs> posts where a Bible is near like a very rustic looking wreath and there's like there's like unfinished wood around mm. like it may not even be part of anything like it's just the background <laughs> and then it's like advent in that like spaced out writing and i've always looked at it and just been like did you just name something a different thing and now it's different like that was right. my original thought yeah it's kind of the same thought i've had like is this Christmas, but with fancier words. And so obviously you and I both grew up non-denominational as Christians. We went to Calvary Chapel, which is a, not a denomination, but it's big enough to be one. But you know, we've, we've got a nomination like, we're not here to talk about Calvary today, but we are here to talk about how we grew up only really hearing about Christmas. And when it came to church, it was Christmas Eve service. And sometimes one year at my church, we actually had a Christmas day service because Christmas fell on Sunday, the 25th. So that was super fun for the church staff. Heavy sarcasm. Um, (laughs) Just kidding. I loved it. I did it with joy. (laughs) Yeah. Christmas is really all I've ever been exposed to. Not, not Advent. Yeah, Christmas is a thousand percent what I am used to hearing. To me, Advent was kind of like, here's here's me just really ruffling some people's feathers. <laughs> Advent to me was like when I would say hi to somebody as they were walking into the church on Easter and I'd be like, happy Easter. And they'd be like, don't you mean resurrection day? And I'd be like, oh, yes. forget you. And like, exactly. that was how I felt about it. I, I It felt to me like people that really clung to the idea of Advent we're like, we're not going to give in to those pagan rituals over there. And it's like, but right. aren't you kind of doing the same thing? So that, that's been my starting place. I have no real idea about it. And I'm probably slightly skeptical, but I'm ready to learn. Yeah, that's the thing. We decided to do this episode because one, it's timely. It's December. And we were just like... We want to be open-minded. That's a big part of what this show is. A big part of the show is us trying to get people who listen to us to be open-minded about different topics. This is us trying to be open-minded. So basically, we crammed the last couple days a bunch of research on Advent. We're not experts. This is, if you're new to Advent, this is two guys who don't know much about it trying to learn. And if you know a lot about it, you're probably going to make fun of how little we know. But We're trying our best. So, yeah, uh, by no means is this episode the authoritative telling of what Advent is. Rather, we think that if you're listening to this, you may share a church background with us, which means that you may have some of the same blind spots or gaps in knowledge that we have. We're hoping we can walk into the void together. Let's hmm. all just grab hands and walk into the darkness. Absolutely. And we will find light on you the sound other like side. A, you sound like a cult leader, Brian. It sounds like we're about to all die. <laughs> light and dark are like kind of themes in Advent, according to Google searches I did. So <laughs> I'm trying, getting, to, trying to cue us up for what's coming along. There we go. So what I did as a part of my research, Brian did real research. He actually Googled things and, and read. Real I just research. went on, <laughs> I did fake research by going on social media and asking all of my friends what they thought about Advent. So I asked the question, I don't know about Advent, a non-denominational kid all my life. All I learned about was Christmas. Do you celebrate Advent? And actually, surprisingly, 60% of people who follow me on Instagram do. 40% think it's hipster Christmas, <laughs> but <laughs> but 60% are like, nah, dude, it's legit. Advent is a real thing. Now, one pushback I got uh, from a guy named Jim Keat on Facebook is he said, it's called the liturgical calendar. Nothing new or hipster about it. It's as old as the revised common lectionary. He is right about that. Yeah. That's one of the interesting things about growing up in a non-denominational church you don't learn about that stuff. You don't learn about that stuff. And and I think that when you grow up, you just kind of assume that everyone has had the same experiences that you had. And then as you yeah. grow up, you realize how wrong that is. Right. And I feel like growing up in a non-denominational church is a lot like growing up in America in the mm. sense of like, you think you have this long storied history and then you hear about the rest of the world. And it's like, 
oh, they have like actually ancient stuff. So like yeah. I grew up in Calvary yeah. and it was like in the 60s, back to the started. 60s. And then people would <laughs> the be like, ancient 60s. Yeah. And then people are like, well, my church tradition goes back to like 300 AD. And it's like, and then oh, we're, you have we're like, like actual ancient things. And then we're like, oh, but you're wrong about everything. <laughs> yeah. We've been working on this for like 60 years. I think we got this um, thing pretty fine tuned. I mean, I do think people are wrong about some things, but sometimes I think we're wrong about some things too. So it's all good. So as the next phase of my research, I reached out to the only guy I know who ever seems really excited about Advent. He's a super cool guy. It's Evan Wickham, my old youth pastor. I texted him today and thought he loves Advent. I bet if I bring it up, he'll have some things to say. So I said, Evan, tell me about Advent. We're doing a podcast today on the topic, two guys who never grew up practicing Advent, just dipping their toes into it for the first time. If you were trying to convince a non-denominational person who never grew up hearing about Advent that it was important, what would you say? And Evan said, for starters, Advent is 15 times older than non-denominational Christianity, which boom, which right is, there. That's, that's a pretty good starting saying. place. Yeah. So I said, yeah, that's a good start, Evan. And I am literally at square one with it. Evan said, Non-denominationalism is about two centuries old, but Advent goes back to the fourth century AD, if not earlier. And then Evan said, also, it's funny to me when Christians question Advent, but not Christmas. We have zero problems embracing cultural Christmas when it has absolutely nothing to do with Christianity. What do you think of that point? That is a fantastic point. It's a pretty good point. I know that like... I get weirded out when people mess with like family traditions. Like, did you notice that when you got married, things that you thought were just like canon for Thanksgiving, like we have this at the table (laughs) and then your wife's family didn't have that at the table. And you're like, whoa, hold on. Like, it's just so hard to back out and question what you grew up with. But he's totally right from that bigger perspective. The idea of questioning Advent sounds silly without questioning traditional American Christmas. Right, because for us as Christians, I feel like we think of Christmas as in, you know, like the, not the Christian aspects of Christmas about Jesus, but like Santa and sleighs and toys and presents and trees. Like we think of that as Christian to us as America and apple pie for for many people. And so, yeah, I totally get that. If... If we're going to just blindly accept the commercial secular version of Christmas as something that we adopt in addition to our Christian tradition, why not give Advent a chance, right? Like, why not at least find out what it's about instead of kind of being standoffish and be like, ah, you know, it's this super high church traditional denominational thing. Why not at least dip your toes in and find out, right? Yeah. And if you're coming at this from the same background that Aaron and I are coming at this with... One of the things that I remember really feeling like I grew up learning was traditional establishments have a way of going bad as time goes on. And refreshing of those establishments is how you keep things going in the right direction. So I grew up with the belief that if something was longstanding and traditional, it was probably Catholic and I needed to avoid it. Right, because you have a Catholic background. There's a Catholic background in my family, and the state that I grew up in is about 45 to 50% Catholic. So there is a huge, huge Catholic influence, even if it wasn't a part of your particular family out here in New Jersey. So I always grew up with the church that I go to is non-denominational, which means it's broken away from some of the issues that are going on in the Catholic Church, which subconsciously brought me to traditional bad, be worried about it, really question it, new and innovative good, probably bringing you back to what you want to be in anyway. And, And in some senses, there can be some truth to that. Sometimes traditions in denominations have gone off the rails and we could we should sure, talk absolutely. about that at some point. We should talk about our thoughts on that. But yeah, I totally I totally agree with what you're saying. For those of us who are non-denominational, we shouldn't be anti-denominational. We shouldn't just write off everything that they do and say there's a lot of church history and wisdom and ancient tradition that goes into like this is stuff that Christians have been doing for years 
and years and years. So we shouldn't just write it off. So yeah, I think that's good. Before I finish this uh, text thread with Evan, why don't you give us a basic definition of Advent? Because I think we should hit that to start with, like, just 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 the basics. What What is Advent? So from someone who's never done it before, <laughs> Advent seems to me like it is a season of preparation of our hearts and minds to get ready for Christmas to arrive. It is spending time deliberately bringing yourself back to the pre-Jesus hope so that you can connect yourself more with the story that Jesus actually came to fulfill while also looking ahead to the grand story that Jesus will one day come back in his second coming to also fulfill. Right. And so... You know, I, again, I I didn't know much about it just from this research and learning that it seems to me in the simplest way I can put it, it is just yet another tradition. It's not necessarily in the Bible. You're not going to find an advent calendar in the Bible, but in the same way with Christmas, you're not going to find Christmas, the holiday and the different things that you should do. There's nothing in the Bible about Christmas trees or carols or gifts. It's a tradition created by us Christians to say we want to use this tradition to help steer our hearts back to Christ, to help us to look to Christ and remember Christ. And that's something that Christians have been doing all the way back to basically our spiritual forefathers, which were the ancient Hebrews, right? They had Passover, they had ceremonies where basically it was all for the purpose of helping you remember something. Passover was done to help you remember the way that God brought the Hebrews out of their slavery and bondage in Egypt. It was something that you did, a ritual that brought back remembrance. Christmas, we totally accept as a ritual that helps us remember the birth of Jesus and what that means and the incarnation and all the theological aspects that go with that. So yeah, Advent, it is another way of remembering the coming of Christ. For me, thinking of it as simply just waiting to celebrate Christmas, it's kind of like, I already do that. Like I already in December am like, oh, Christmas is coming. I'm excited. Not just because of Christmas morning, because like I'm an adult now and I have to buy my own Christmas presents and I have to buy my wife's presents. So it's not like you're a kid and you're just getting presents it's like do you get what i mean like as an adult it's like it's not as fun you don't just, like you're not going through like the toys r us catalog like you used to <laughs> and circling things so that you know santa slash your mom would find them no i i'm going through amazon wish list that my wife made i love it i love gift giving but i'm just saying it's different but there is this expectation because christmas is a great time with family but not only that like i genuinely love christmas eve services at church i genuinely mm-hmm. do love the season and how it helps me remember Christ. So for me, yeah, that expectation of Christmas coming is something that I already do, not as as structured as Advent is. And you know me, I'm not a big fan of super tight structure. But the most interesting thing that I've learned about Advent is the connection between waiting for Christmas and waiting for the second coming. So like what I'm trying to understand is it's almost like kind of you're in this parallel season of expectation where on the one hand, you're like, oh, I'm so excited Christmas is coming. And then on the other hand, you're like, and I'm also excited that Jesus is coming back and he's going to set up his kingdom and establish, you know, all of the stuff that started back when he was born as a baby. So to me, to me, that's an interesting piece. And that that's a motivation I would have to celebrate it. Something that pushed me further than I normally do during the Christmas season to set my heart on Christ. Yeah, I think that's really the important thing. You know, normally I used to look at Advent and say, oh, well, what is this thing really? Am I sure if it's really that helpful? But then I started analyzing how I actually approach the Christmas season right now. Hmm, yeah. And what I'm realizing is that I don't normally think of the Christmas season as a time for active spiritual growth. Like I don't see it as a special period to press into more of knowing Jesus. Do you think your reasoning on that, not thinking of Christmas time as a time for spiritual growth, do you think that comes from being on staff at a church for so many years and Christmas time, a lot of times revolved around production, you know, youth group holiday parties, being involved in church Christmas Eve services. There's so much stuff that goes into Christmas. I I know for me in Brooklyn, that's how we felt 
you know, Christmas time was very dominated by the church schedule. Yeah, I completely agree with that. To me, the biggest area where Christmas was dominated by service was I was leading the worship ministry at our church Hmm. for a number of years. If you're friends with the worship leaders in your church and they're prepping for Christmas Eve service, (laughs) check in on them. You know, it's... The, the feeling around most worship services is we want to do well. We want to lead people well. Yeah. We want to do our best, but it's really about just leading people well. For whatever reason, Christmas Eve service rolls around and you're like, we better be really good. <laughs> like we better play <laughs> That's really true. good music. Right. And it's a reflection on your entire church. Yes. There's newcomers and mm-hmm. yeah, totally. Yeah. So, so check in on them. It, 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 it's a rough go for them. Stressful, um, it sounds like. Hmm. Yeah, and so I normally would show up and get through Christmas Eve service. Yep, that's a great way to describe it. Get through it. I would get Sur- through it. Survive it. And then it was just relief. Hmm. Like, it wasn't like I, I had a hard time engaging with the service itself because I, I knew too much of how the sausage was made. <laughs> and then by the time it was served and eaten and everybody enjoyed it and moved on, it was just like... Oh, thank God that's over. It's like that that's definitely part of what has shaped my thinking about mm. the Christmas season. The other part I think of what's shaped my thinking is my wife might be the most nostalgic person I have ever met. That's so sweet. She loves traditions, she loves repetition. She is definitely the kind of person who would rather watch the movie that she's already watched before and knows that she loves than would try the new movie and and see if it's okay. That's my wife. We watch Home Alone every Christmas and Mm -hmm. she has a tradition where we order pizza and we get bottled Coke in the glass bottles and it's, it's all this great big Home Alone Christmas tradition. That's a pretty great tradition. I'm going to shamelessly steal that later. Go for it. But yeah, my my wife and I, with Christmas movies, through the month of December, we aim to watch one Christmas movie every night. That's so ambitious. It's a lot. That's so much time. Like, because I'm I'm such a show person now, it's hard for me to even get through a movie. That's so, like, I didn't know there were that many Christmas movies. Yeah, first of all, there are. Second of all, we probably only get through, like, 10 to 15, which is still a pretty good amount, I find. Third, I grew up as a show person, and I'm turning into a movie person, and what I'm finding is you actually spend less time watching movies than you do watching shows. Well, it makes sense because shows are a lot longer than movies. That's the thing I don't get is like you, you watch a show and it's like, okay, I can commit to this two hour movie where the plot is neatly wrapped up into two hours or mm-hmm. I can watch seven seasons of a show and then you, you pick the show. And you pick the show and you tell yourself you're saving time, there even you though you'd binge like six episodes in a night. But back to Advent. <laughs> All that to the side. Yeah, so when I think of preparing for the Christmas season, I think of high-stress work, Yep, and I think of movie culture. (laughs) Like, those are the two places my mind goes. And then normally what happens... uh, Wait, wait, top three. Top three Brian and Tori Christmas movies. Top three Brian and Tori Christmas movies, The Santa Claus. Mm, Classic. Home Alone. Yep, yep. And then there'd probably be a little bit of division on that one. Tori's third is probably going to be Christmas with the Cranks. Okay. okay. Tim Allen is just kind of making, you know, multiple features here. My number one, but I don't think Tori likes it as much, is A Christmas Story. It's great. It is. It it may be the best movie ever made. The narrator's radio voice overneath. It's so good. It's so good. It's so good. As someone who grew up, like, loving to analyze language and particularly jokes, Hmm. it is amazing. Love it entirely. Jim Carrey's The Grinch is an honorable mention for us. And that might actually be in Tori's top three now that I think about it. My wife and I are divided. Hers would probably be like Home Alone, Santa Claus, that kind of stuff. For me, it's... I'm a little weirder. I like Muppet Christmas Carol, Nightmare Before Christmas, and then probably Elf are my top three. But I love all the other ones too. So we are getting distracted. Back to Advent. What were you saying? So when I normally think about Christmas, it's movie culture, it's high stress work. And then what what used to happen pretty much on an annual basis is we'd get to Christmas Eve service, things would be going, we would have gotten through the musical part, I'd finally be able to take a breath, 
and I would sit down for the teaching and it would hit me in a moment. Oh yeah. All this is spiritual. Mm. All of this should actually be about remembering the most important thing that happened. In, remembering in my that, life and in the world. Yeah. Like you're literally remembering one of the three most important historical moments. Yeah. And it's so easy to let that get lost oh, yeah. in different personal traditions or different cultural traditions yep. that don't actually settle you and focus you on the real meaning of Christmas or Advent. I mean, and let's just be real. I mean, it's the same thing with Easter. It's really easy to be on staff at a church and sit through an Easter Sunday and not let the weight of the cross and what mm -hmm. Jesus has done for you wash over you. So, yeah, I, I think the point here of Advent is to pull us back into that rhythm. And so I, I actually think, dude, for people like you and me who grew up not doing it, it might be a good idea to do it because, you know, you and I, we're not working at a church anymore. Maybe this is a time to recenter and refresh ourselves in the way of remembering Christ during Christmas to remember the uh, reason for the season, as they like to say. I just want to let that hang in the air for a little bit. The fact that you just said that. <laughs> I'm sorry. Forgive me. I'm just going to let it linger for a moment. I did, I did the air quotes. That doesn't, doesn't translate well on a podcast, you doing the air true. quotes. That's true. You can't see it. Yeah, I, I did the finger quotes. I got to watch you do it. It's, it's not a visual medium. I don't know what I'm doing. You're doing your best. That's what you're doing. So for all of our advent ignorance we really want to jump into this yeah we want to do advent this year i don't know if advent is a thing you do we want to celebrate observe we want to observe advent yeah. that sounds formal yeah we want to observe advent this year brian would Ad you like to observe advent with me mm, right this way my brother in christ let us observe advent it is the jedi way i just transitioned from christian to jedi they're not that far off. They're not. So Aaron has said multiple times, he is a person that doesn't like structure. I like, I'm, I'm controlled chaos. I don't like to be put in a box. I don't like it when someone says, here are the, the 10 rules you must follow to do this right. You know? So to me, the rules are the most appealing part of Advent. <laughs> I love structure. I just, I, I love it so much. I love knowing step one goes to step two goes to step three i like the idea of I, I so i've had this theory for a little bit that like what i'm gonna do one day is i'm gonna go to a nutritionist and i'm gonna say don't tell me the kinds of things i should eat like <laughs> literally write down exactly exactly the things that i should eat and Amen. then i'll just be good because then i'll know that if i do that thing i'm okay I see the appeal of that, for sure. I love it. I think it's fantastic. Yeah. So the idea of having like a structured reading plan or a structured prayer plan or, or whatever Advent is, I don't know. Like the idea of having some semblance of structure for walking into this experience with Jesus, that is crazy appealing to me. I'm a very yeah. goal-driven person. So being able to be like, just do this and you did it. And I'm like, yeah, I could do that. <laughs> I love that part of it. Yeah. And for me, like what is appealing about this whole Advent thing is I just recognize my need to recenter myself on Christ constantly. That's been a major theme of the last few years is find ways to recenter yourself on Christ. So, you know, if I can find a new way to do that during Christmas, I'm all about it. And maybe it'll be something that I'll really appreciate. And maybe it'll be something when I have kids of my own that I'll be able to adopt into our, our practicing of observing Christmas. So yeah, I'm excited about it. All right. So before you and I, who are newbies, jump into Advent, I went on social media and I asked for my Advent celebrators. I'd love to know some stuff about Advent. I may even read your responses on the podcast, which is what I'm about to do. So I asked the question, what is the reason that you celebrate Advent? One response was because of its emphasis on the incarnation. Yeah, that's good. I feel like uh, a lot of times at Christmas, you don't really think about the incarnation unless you listen to like a Christmas Eve service where somebody talks about it. I, I preached one time at my church on the incarnation and I was thinking a lot about it 
because of that, but there was many years where I wasn't thinking that much about it. It doesn't show up in Home Alone, so I normally don't <laughs> think about it as I prepare myself for Christmas. Marv and Harry are going down the stairs and they step on a nail and just fall straight face first into a bucket of incarnation. And he's like, ah, oh, Jesus felt this pain because he had flesh as well. <laughs> like him stepping on the nail is like supposed to be a moment of thinking about the nail pierced Jesus. Wait, I got to do it in the Marv or Harry voice. I can't do it. Which, which. No one knows. It's fine. Hey, G Jesus felt this pain because he suffered through it. Be he became a human like us, Marv. <laughs> this is but, exactly what Joe Pesci thought was going to happen when he took that role. It's the natural progression, yeah. yeah. Um, my One of my favorite scenes in the movie is when uh, Kevin's hiding in the church and the crooks drive up to the church and they look and go, I ain't going in there. <laughs> and then they drive away. <laughs> they so get good. it. Okay, so they this have respect. One, there may be criminal. The wet bandits have some respect. Yes, they, what, the wet bandits, they're horrible people who not only rob and steal, they flood their houses and destroy basically everything. But Whatever they, they, they don't take just gets flooded. But They, res they respect the church. It's a church on Christmas Eve. I'm <laughs> not going to mess with that. I'm not going in there. Okay, here's another one. This came from my old friend, Aaron Harris. Love you, Aaron. She said, Advent helps keep my focus on Jesus all seasons. It's fun to meditate on the anticipation, and it's cozy. I love cozy. Cozy's good. Cozy anticipation. All like cozy in a blanket, just just waiting for, not Santa to come down the chimney, but for Jesus to be born. That's probably what Mary was like. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, uh, I bet I bet teenage Mary preparing to give birth was just like, oh, so at cozy. least I'm, I'm cozy. The coziest. Yeah. Okay, here's another one. This one comes from Nancy Lingman. She says, I celebrate Advent because it helps me be prepared and getting my heart postured for Christmas, the true meaning, not just busyness. You read that like it was part of like Twas the Night Before Christmas. <laughs> like it had like a rhymey, like sing song, arose such a clatter kind of a if thing you, to if it. If you listen closely, you can hear bells in the background. This one comes from Ashley Atkinson, great, oh, great friend, dear friend. She says, I celebrate Advent to quiet and refocus and prepare our hearts for Christmas. Yeah, good, good, good reason. Perfect. This one comes from Jeremy Jenkins. That sounds made up. It's not. He's the host of All Things to All People podcast. Great. Jeremy guy. Jenkins Jeremy sounds Jenkins. like when you watched like Saved by the Bell <laughs> and like something was going on with Zach and Kelly and it was because Jeremy Jenkins showed up and like was slightly better at basketball than Zach and then Zach <laughs> had to beat him later in the episode. Oh man, Zach Morris is trash. Good to meet you, Jeremy. Jeremy Jenkins. He said Thanks uh, for the, joining us. He says the song O Come, O Come, Emmanuel will never be the same after you observe Advent. I'm willing to take that bet. Let's uh, I mean I love that song right now. It's a great song. He didn't yeah, say I, it would be better afterwards. He just said it will never the be the same. Maybe Advent ruins that song for you. <laughs> well, the song is about like waiting and expecting Jesus to come to earth. And Advent is about the expectation of Jesus coming. So yeah, I, I totally get that. That sounds great. This is from a guy named Brendan Shelton on Facebook. I, I posted this in a few youth pastor groups. Brendan says, Christmas is about celebrating the light and hope that Christ brings to humanity through his incarnation. We can't fully appreciate that light without spending some time in the dark. When we wait for the coming of Christ in Advent, we make a discipline of seeing just how deep our need for him is. When Christmas comes and light does appear, spending time in the dark makes it much more dazzling. Plus, it's been celebrated since somewhere in the 400s, so it's a meaningful way to connect with our heritage as Christians. That's cool. I really like that. Yeah, that's a super interesting way of looking at it. Of you know, And, and I mean, it, it hits with a lot of other things that we just kind of know about life. Like if everything is handed to you instantly, you don't value those things that you get. Right. And I remember... Someone in my youth ministry back when I was a student used to talk about how their biggest fear for the students was that Jesus would stop being their savior and start mm -hmm. being their wallpaper. Ooh. Not that anyone has wallpaper anymore. One of your like, students said that? No, that was one of the leaders that oh, said that. I was that. like, dang, that's a deep student. Yeah, man. it's really good. Like just that's the really idea deep. that Jesus becomes this thing that you're so used to, you don't even see him anymore. So it's just important to remember like... 
if we are always in this place of we have Jesus with us, which is good and true and amazing, we forget that so much of the Christian story was about waiting for Jesus's first arrival. Right. And by bringing ourselves back to that, we really do learn something about what the history of life with Jesus has been through for humanity. The interesting thing to me about this, Brian, is the the darkness piece. That quote that I just read from that guy on Facebook talked about the darkness. Evan talks about it too. This is one of the things he texted me. Evan says, Advent is a type of fasting, lamenting. A period of waiting in the darkness is essential for genuine longing for the light. Without Advent, we collapse into Christmas consumerism and we call it Christian, which that's a really good quote. The thing that I honestly, I'm, I don't know anything about is the whole darkness piece of this. I don't know what that looks like. Like how does that, how does the darkness part of this fit into the Advent structure? One of my interns over at uh, the Good Line Podcast Network, Corey Jackson, she responded and said, is Advent not just a countdown to Christmas with, with chocolate? I'm also a non-denominational kid. She had one of those calendars. I actually did that <laughs> once as kid, as a kid. I bought one this year. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. You I bought I, like I, the, the Target version that's just like a box, and you like punch the day out, and there's just a cookie waiting for you. And the right. cookie's too sweet for her, so I get it every night. I know the darkness they're not talking about. It, it's not dark chocolate. It's, no, that's <laughs> not it. So, I mean, what do you think that is? Do you know anything about that? What is this darkness? This mysterious darkness of Advent. So the the part that's confusing to me about Advent is I don't necessarily know how you relate to that darkness. Hello, darkness, Mm. my old friend. But I know that part of what you're trying to do is bring yourself back to the pre-Jesus darkness. Mm. So thinking about the story of Israel, so much of that story throughout the Old Testament was waiting for the Savior to arrive. You know, the world was broken you were downtrodden, you were often exiled or oppressed, or you were never the world power. You were Mm. never in control. You were never the great leader, but your hope was that a leader would come and that they would arrive and that they would establish the perfect kingdom. Right. I think part of this darkness theme is bringing ourselves back to, we are in that same condition without Jesus. And we need to remind ourselves of that. Which sounds a lot like Good Friday. Yeah, absolutely. I know my church frontline in downtown Oklahoma City, they did a killer Good Friday service last year. It was the we- it was so weird because it was so different from what I'm used to, but it was like they dimmed the lights and it was just candles and the music was so somber. Like it was just all about sin and the weight of sin. It was one of the most somber church services I've been through. And then just songs about the cross, right? And and the pain of the cross and the agony of the cross. And that was probably for me more than any other Good Friday service in my life. I, I sat there with just this weight of realizing what God had done for me. I mean, it's, it's stuff I know, but it's so good to be reminded. That's such a common theme going all the way back to, you know, even before communion, right? Do this in remembrance of me, even go back to the Old Testament. And God was telling Israel to build these monuments, stones of remembrance around certain specific areas where God had done great works. So God's really big on trying to get people to remember what he's done, he, he realizes that it, it, there's so many competing things in our mind trying to take our attention. He realizes the importance of just constantly remembering. So yeah, that I feel like the darkness is important. There's a sermon I preached over the years a couple different times based on Acts chapter three called Face Your Darkness. And I think that's something that's actually important to face the sin in our life, to face the consequences, to remember the weight of it. And so For me, like the vibe I'm getting, I'm not sure exactly the right way to execute it and the right way to live it out. For me, if Advent means during December, taking some time to reflect on who I would be without Christ and what he's saved me from and what he's rescued me from, that's, that's a positive thing. So I'm, I'm actually looking forward to making that a part of December for me. So as you were talking with people on social media, was there any conversation about what some of the specific benefits to their faith were? Yeah, absolutely. That was one of the things I asked. How has Advent benefited your faith? Aaron Harris, again, she said, it deepened my understanding of the anticipation of his first arrival. 
so good. Ashley Atkinson said, it's helped me to dig deeper into the significance of his birth and the hope for a second coming. Again, to me, that's one of the most interesting pieces of this, the just tying in Christmas with the second coming. That's something I really mm -hmm. haven't. The second coming has always been associated in my mind with Easter. So I love the idea of bringing that back in because it's one of the core tenets of our faith. My friend Taya Strain, shout out Taya, said, I don't know about Advent, but I just bought my son Ritter a pretty cool Advent calendar. That sounds like a benefit. Yeah, for sure. Happy Advent, Ritter. <laughs> Another friend said, Advent has caused me to cherish the deity of Christ in ways that I never thought I could. Wow, that's really, really cool. And then Nancy Lingman again said, it made me more intentional and humbled and prayerful. That all that all sounds really, really beneficial. That I mean, that's, that's selling it for me. Yeah, all great stuff. I mean, at the time that you're hearing this... We're about halfway into December. Mm -hmm. We're recording this about a week earlier. Right. So I've actually started doing an Advent calendar, doing like an Advent reading schedule. And I'm, I'm like four days into it. So I'm definitely not saying that I get what this experience is like. But one of the things that I've really enjoyed is I have a solid 10 to 15 minutes a day where the rest of my day goes to the background and I get to relink to the big story of the world. Mm. And I get to relink to, yeah, the world is full of chaos and brokenness and hurry and busyness, but there's this whole bigger storyline running in the background. And I find that just extremely refreshing. Mm. That's great. So I think to wrap up the episode, just like any good sermon, we want to leave with some application, right? What can listeners learn from this? Yeah, our hope in saying all this isn't just to say like, there's this cool thing called Advent. Okay, bye. Like, that's not really <laughs> what we want to do. The hope is that as you hear about all these different ways in which this season has been celebrated and used to remember the great thing that Jesus did in coming to earth so that he can end up dying in our place and rising to give us new life. The hope is that you can look at this and start figuring out, even if you don't wind up doing a calendar or you don't wind up diving into the deepest traditions of Advent, we really think there's something to using this month to deliberately meditate on who Jesus is, what Jesus did, and what it is we're all actually preparing to celebrate at the end of the month. Hmm. That's really, really good. So I reached out on social media, and the final question I asked was, any advice for how to start getting into Advent if you're a newbie? And here's some of the things I got. My friend Ashley, she said, we started doing a simple Advent devotional. And then as the kids got older, we started doing a calendar. That's great. That's super easy and tangible. Another friend said, Paul David Tripp has an amazing devotional called Come Let Us Adore Him with application for parents and families. That sounds awesome. Love they also Paul Tripp. He's great. He's got an amazing mustache. He looks like we should be casting him to play Commissioner Gordon in the next Batman movie, I think. So. Ooh, he'd be good at that. He'd be great. He would. I have a secret theory that counselors make great actors. Like they're just pretending to be interested in you? No, because they like know. <laughs> <laughs> they're just like, yes, go on. Tell me more. That's a much problems. darker thing than what I was going for. <laughs> I was going for they've seen enough about human nature that the whole like, what's my motivation question would actually matter to them. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. If you're a counselor, try acting and let us know how it goes. There we go. So those are, those are all great suggestions. I think one thing I would say is if you're listening to this, don't feel guilty if you're like, you know what? I'm fine with Christmas. Advent's not my thing. What what I've learned, you know, because that, that's been kind of my position growing up, you know, like, ah, oh, who needs Advent? We've got Christmas. What I'm learning from this discussion is that Advent might be something cool to look into, and it might be something hugely beneficial to my Christian walk. But you know what? There's nowhere in the Bible that says you have to celebrate Advent or even Christmas, like for that matter. So like, don't, don't feel guilty if you leave this episode going, eh, that's okay. I don't want anything to do with it. But if you are interested, just know there's easy ways to do it. Like my friend Ashley said, keep it simple. Start by just 
picking up an Advent devotional, and that could be a way to start getting into it. It's interesting that there was somebody on Facebook on one of those youth pastor groups, and she said, a true practice of Advent means no Christmas tree until December 24th, no Christmas carols even in the church until after Christmas. You spend a lot of time talking about Jesus's return and if you will be ready or not, and you spend a lot of time serving others. It's not supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be a mini Lent. The deprivation is supposed to make the sweetness of Christmas which begins on Christmas Day and lasts 12 days, sweeter. If you're doing it right, you won't enjoy it very much in the traditional way you think about Christmas. <laughs> That's just the truth. I'm just going to be honest. That doesn't sound that... I, I, I would disagree. Even I'm though I'm out on Advent, Advent again. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm done with it. I'm going to well, throw my just, calendar away. Is it because she's saying a true practice of Advent, so you don't want to do it the, the not right way? No, it's not that. It's just like... <laughs> that... This is a great way to end this episode. <laughs> what, what I think one very human experience is just looking at a person, hearing them say one thing and just being like, nope, I'm out on them. Well, it, her comment reminds me of that Debbie Downer character on Saturday Night Live, you know, and it was mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm so excited for Christmas. Oh, I wonder what I'm going to get. Oh, Jesus is the reason. And then she's like, well, if you really want to celebrate Advent, no tree until December 24th. <laughs> I just like, I'm blown away by the idea of a church community that's like, it's December 28th, let's sing a Christmas carol. <laughs> like that just doesn't make any sense to me. Right. So, okay. So all this to say, I'm going to pivot back over to something my wise friend, Ashley Atkinson said, she says, don't overthink it. People make it crazy elaborate, which I feel like defeats the purpose, which I think is right. If the point of this is it's a man-made tradition that the purpose is to help you recenter and refocus on Christ during December, then do it in a way that helps you do that is what I would say. Yeah, that's my big thought. And that I think is really our heart in this episode. It's not to try to prescribe one way to go about Advent or one way to go about Christmas or one way to go about December. You know, we're all going to do December at least. So it's not that there's one way to do this. It's that all of these Wait, ways... Wouldn't it be funny if someone was like, not me, I'm not doing December. They're like out on the Julian calendar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know what they're doing. But we don't we don't recognize December in we this house. We don't observe December in this house. <laughs> yeah, maybe. All uh, the other months, but not December. If there's someone who doesn't observe December, I'm confident they don't also listen to podcasts. <laughs> it's not like I'm out on December, but hold on. Good Lion Podcast through Spotify. Like, there's there's no way that those two things are happening at the same time. They're probably not listening. Hey, to, to wrap up the episode, I've got a special guest, Frank Costanza. I'm here to talk about Festivus, George. Festivus for the rest of us. Grab the pole of shame. The pole is not of shame. Uh, what is it? No, the, the pole is just the Festivus pole. You have the feats of strength, which means Festivus is not over until George brings Frank. And then what you're thinking about is... George! George, grab the pole! That was... That That is not what I thought you were going to do as I saw you walking away from the microphone. That was supposed to be his mom. I don't know if I did it right. No, you did good on on George's mom. The the thing that you were thinking of, I feel very strongly about all things Seinfeld. So I'm going to finish this thought real quick. Okay, great. What what you were thinking of was the airing of grievances. Yes. Which is when you just tell everybody what you don't like about them, which sounds like a really fun tradition. Yes. I'm in for the airing of grievances. For those who are lost, George Costanza on Seinfeld had a messed up childhood and his parents did not celebrate Christmas. They invented their own holiday called Festivus. Festivus for the rest of us, George! Frank Costanza felt that he was being consumed by the commercialism of Christmas (laughs) as he was in a department store punching another dad to try to get a toy for his kid. So, you know what? As he he comes to his Festivus epiphany, his line is, as I rained blows upon him, I realized there had to be another way. And that's when he starts Festivus. So the truth is, Frank should have just found Advent, and then he would have been fine. If he did, it would have been a lot simpler for him, and probably cheaper. But he's Jewish, so probably wouldn't have taken it the same way. Why didn't he just do Hanukkah? I don't know. 
I feel like everybody on Seinfeld was Jewish. Well, I'm everybody, sure. thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs> this is a great way to end. I'm so excited about this. Ultimately, all of this is not about here's the thing we're going to do. So you need to do it as well. I think that there's plenty of room for us to celebrate Christmas or Advent in whatever way we all want to do it. But remember, the goal of Jesus coming to the earth was so that you could have close relationship with him. So whatever you wind up doing throughout the rest of this month, however you celebrate Christmas, however you prepare your heart for that particular day, remember what Jesus's goal was and make it your goal too. You know, for someone like me, I really love structure. I'm going to keep going on this reading plan I'm doing. It's really simple. It's probably like 15 minutes a day, but it's 15 minutes that I really feel center my heart on Jesus and get me ready for the rest of the day. If that feels like it would be a burden for you, then don't do it. But find something that makes you feel close and connected to Jesus. Because the whole point of Christmas isn't just that Jesus comes to the earth. The whole point of Christmas is that he comes to the earth so that he can fix our broken relationship with him. Amen. Good stuff, man. Good conversation. That was fun. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Good Lion Podcast. If you like our show, please take a minute to give us a review on iTunes. It seriously helps so much. The more reviews we get, the more people will find us. And so if you want to help the show, please just go on iTunes and leave a quick review. We also love questions from listeners and we love to do episodes focused on questions. So if you have a question and you want us to talk about on the show, send it to our email address, which is goodlionnetwork at gmail.com. Send us a question. We'd love to talk about it on the show. The Good Lion Podcast is a production of the Calvary Global Network, and it's produced by myself, Aaron Salvato, and my co-host, Brian Higgins. Our show is a part of the Good Lion Podcast Network, a network of Christian podcasters that Brian and I started with our friends. Check out our website, goodlion.io, where you can find a ton of other Christ-centered, encouraging, and equipping podcasts. Our goal with this ministry is to reach people all over the world with Christ-centered content that helps them as they walk closer with Jesus. If you like what we do and you want to support us, go to goodlion.io support. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.